What is up, everybody? Welcome to Ben's Chatter, the Common Man's NBA podcast. I'm your host, Colin, here with my co-host, Noah, coming at you live on this beautiful Thursday night to bring you the playoff tier list rankings. Now, Noah, this is, I think, to clarify, different than uh, like a contender's like a playoff preview. This is kind of like where we slot teams as to what they're realistic expectations for the playoffs should be is that fair to say yeah we're not um me and colin aren't actually going into what we are predicting for these teams uh we'll wait till we get actual concrete matchups and we'll do a full playoff preview for these guys this is more just Mm -hmm. so uh grouping teams together how far we think they can go in the playoffs where where this team wants to be um when the playoffs come and like how they would perceive where me and Colin put them at. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And Noah, before we start, I, I have to apologize to the listeners. I know it was championship week, and we got a couple messages from people saying, can you please do a finals preview? I was moving this weekend, and I did not have internet set up, and so Noah and I mm-hmm. could not record an episode. I really apologize to everybody and out I was, there. And I was viciously hungover. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which is arguably we're, we're a We're both battling excuse. demons. Yeah, yeah, in different ways. But I've got internet now, Noah. That's pretty cool. That's cool. cool. That's pretty yeah. cool. It's better than not having internet, let me tell you. It's, uh, it's a weird feeling when you have most of your room set up pointing at its electronical features, and they just don't work. You know? How's, uh, how's the Wi-Fi connection over there in Kiev? It's it's actually it's pretty good. Yeah. No. Um you like two blocks south? Absolute desolate. <laughs> All right. Good. Yeah. No, I I'm glad that we were able to to talk about the war for a minute there. You know, it's you know, Will Smith's slap kind of made us forget about the war there for a minute, but yeah, no, Noah and I, we're, we're big time, big J's. We're going to keep you up to date with the NBA and uh, what's going on over in Ukraine. So Heard you're starring you... in G.I. Jane, too. <laughs> oh, you keep Will Smith's wife's name out of your fucking mouth. No, that, those jokes are so overplayed. Like, it was really funny for, like, the first three hours and maybe the next day on Twitter. Like, really funny. And then it very, very quickly became just not funny in the slightest. Yeah, I I, I kind of am still in shock that that even happened still. Like, I, I, I'm kind of – I think it's all part of the simulation. Like, that couldn't right, have been real, could right, it? Should we do it? Are you on Team Real or do you think it was staged? It's Team Real. It's I, – there's just no way. Like, Why? Why? You know, the Oscars couldn't even stage something like that if they like really wanted to. And no, I don't think they're smart enough. And the best part, I didn't watch a single minute of the Oscars. Nope, only watched that, and then I'm pretty sure Will Smith won the category. Yeah, he won like 15 minutes later. No, it wasn't. Chris Rock was like announcing documentaries, like like Um, a very like like inconsequential award for the the people (laughs) there. And, uh, yeah, then, no, he did win Best Actor, like, 15 minutes later. He was actually pretty good in that movie. I watched it. It's a good movie. I do recommend. But mm, King Richard? King Richard, yeah. It's it, it's a banger. It's a banger. He does a good job. You know, in the moment when I watched it, was I like, is this going to be the best acting performance of the year? I don't know about that 
But, you know, whatever. Whatever. Chris Rock ate that, though. Like, that was impressive. He did eat that. He didn't even touch his face once. No. I know his face was stinging. Oh, it had to be. It had to be. That it was kind of what made it seem so fake was that he just fucking stood there, and he got bitch slapped, dude. Like that wasn't a. <laughs> oh, Will Smith stanced up on him for sure. Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny too? They go all the way back. Chris Rock cameoed in like Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> These dudes have been knowing each other. Alrighty, that's enough of that. That's enough of that. Get, come on, come on. That's that's not what this is about. Um, all right, Noah, we can we can kind of do some recap of stuff around the the league after we do this if we still have time, or we can probably just do it while we do it. Um, but we have seven tiers that we've divided the entirety of the NBA into. Should we read the tiers now? You know, just kind of do the uh, the normal path and uh, read them out loud as they come? Uh, yeah, I think we read them out loud as they come. All right. All right. No, then – all right. Let's, let's start from the bottom because these teams uh, – these are all the teams that have officially or basically been eliminated from playoff contention – uh, no, why don't you give me one positive thing about each of these teams to consider going into the next year? Uh, the Houston Rockets, they're in the Tankin' Boys. They lead off the Tankin' Boys category. The Rockets did pretty much tank uh, more than almost anyone this year. Yeah. Um, the one positive from the Rockets season, Colin, would probably be that Jalen Green has actually been looking quite decent over the last couple weeks. Um, mm-hmm. EA was having a very, very rough start to his NBA career, but he's actually been playing very well as of lately. I'm, I'm really impressed, actually. Um, so hopefully they can build off of that next season, get another high draft pick this season. Um, and, you know, if the Rockets can get the pick right this draft, con, you can you can see the foundation laid down. Yeah, actually, no, in the uh, the month of March, 17 games for the Rockets. That's kind of a fucking lot. Uh, Jalen Green's been averaging 21 points on 48% shooting. He's been shooting 40% from three on seven and a half attempts. That, I like uh, that. You, you like that. You you enjoy that. Those are, those are definitely numbers that you like to see being put up. So, yeah, that's a, that's a positive for the Rockets. Go Rockets. Uh, the Thunder. I think there's a lot of positives for the Thunder. I really think that they're they're pretty close to getting this thing in motion. Yeah, um, so do I. I think the you know the gamble, the the swing on Josh Giddy was an absolute hit. Colony is shut down for the rest of the season, but that's yeah, pretty so convenient. Ti- pretty convenient timing for the Thunder, if yeah. I do say so myself. Um, you know they're smart. I I think Giddy was an absolute home run to pair next to Shea. Um, they're going to have another shot con at another generational talent here. If they could end up with a Jaden Ivey or a Paolo, like the Thunder are in business con. Oh, big time. Yeah, I I almost think that this draft is deeper than last year's draft. I don't know if like the generational talent is – I don't know. I, I Actually, I think it's close. This this draft very easily could end up being better con. The, the further I look into it, I'm, I'm yeah. thinking it might be. 
I think there's a dude taken with like the 16th overall pick that makes a couple All Star games. Okay, I like you that. Know? All right, okay. yeah, Thunder. Uh, all right, it it might be tougher to find a positive for this team, but the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, you know, we were talking last year about Dame wanting out, and uh, you know what? They really should have let him go, but they didn't. So the Trailblazers. Um, two potentially two top ten picks in this upcoming draft. Okay, that's a positive right there. That's a big positive. Just All don't right. trade one of them for Jeremy Grant. <laughs> this is going to be a really tough one. I need you to find one positive about the Sacramento Kings. They went all in, Noah. They did for this year to make the playoffs. and I guess they yeah. still could, technically. Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox gone both shut down for the rest of the season. But in the time that they actually did play together, um, they were they were somewhat impressive. Um, I actually do like the little tandem that De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis can build over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're the kings. Yeah, they are, they are the kings. Uh, all right, the Wizards. The Wizards actually, they, they positioned themselves kind of well after Brad Beal was shut down and they realized kind of what was going to go on with them. Yeah. Um, the Wizards, Colin, the Wizards and this next team we're going to talk about might actually have, like, the least going for them in terms of where they want to be in the yeah. future. Um, I, I, Colin, they're going to offer Brad Beal the super max. He's going to take it, and he's out within two years. It's like There's not much more to say about it, honestly. The Wizards are about to, in a five-year span, throw like max or near-max money at Otto Porter Jr., John Wall, and Brad Beal. The John Wall one I understood at the time. At the time, it made sense. John Wall was a very good player. You had to keep him. Paying Otto Porter $29 million a year, uh, that's a real head-scratcher. And then if you pay Brad Beal this money, I mean, what, you're banking that a free agent comes and signs with him? A free agent better than Brad Beal. Remember when the Wizards got Chris Epps for Zingas? Yeah, they... They did do that. Yeah, they uh, they might be the tenth seed next year. They could do that. Oh, the Wizards are oh, mama. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Wizards fans. Um, next team, Con the New York Knicks. Uh, give give me give me give me one nice thing, Con, All about right. the New York All Knicks. Right. Well, I'm not gonna start with a nice thing. Possibly the most disappointing season. Outside they should not. The, the I did not think they would be down here, Colin. <laughs> Outside of the Lakers, I think they had the next most disappointing season out of NBA, any NBA team. You went from Coach of the Year Tom Thibodeau to everybody realizing like maybe Tom Thibodeau just is not the answer. Maybe Julius Randle isn't uh, an All Star really. Maybe maybe we should play the guys that we're drafting who are twenty nineteen years old. I don't know. Um, positive about the Knicks. They had a really fun off season last year. That they did. Um, that the Evan Fournier the, was quite the fun signing. At the beginning of the season, you heard announcers say, "It's good for basketball when the New York Knicks are good." Oh, That's, I know a good thing, Colin. Yeah, 
Those were good things. Bing Bong was pretty cool for a couple weeks. Bing Bong was pretty cool. Bing Bong was really cool, actually. That was all the rage. And I'm just going to speak this into existence right now, Colin, because I think it's going to happen. Um, they're probably going to get Russell Westbrook this summer. That will get you back to, like, a seven seed. That that <laughs> will that will do it. Tom Thibodeau and Westbrook are going to be the best of friends. Oh, my God. They're going to kill each other. They might. Uh, all right. I think we maybe between all of those backhand compliments came up with uh, <laughs> one cumulative good thing about the Knicks. Uh, no, the Pacers. There's some good things to say about the Pacers. I really believe Tyrese Halburn been an absolute Boom. monster. Boom. And we tanked We tanked effectively. You did. I mean, right now, what, you have the fifth best odds in the NBA for the number one pick? Yep. You take that. Yeah, uh, you take that all day. All day. Yeah, I mean, worst case scenario, I think you're looking at, like, this seventh pick. Which, again, yeah. in this draft, I think there's dudes, you know? And then I'm just could... I'm manifesting Jabari Smith Jr. to the Pacers right now. All right. I've been manifesting. It's going to happen. All right. I, I don't hit it. Ooh, okay. Noah, I think that this team may be in the best position, eh, second best position of the teams in the Tankin' Boys. It's the Orlando Magic. I Yeah. I like where the Magic are at. They currently are tied with the Rockets for the best odds at the number one pick. Yeah, you you got to be happy. I bet all seven Orlando Magic fans, Colin, are quite happy right now with how this <laughs> season has gone. Um, Franz, Franz Wagner looks awesome. Yeah. Uh, is going to be a player in this league for a pretty long time. That's already very mm-hmm. evident. Um, the... The step that Cole Anthony took from year one to year two, very impressive. Exactly. You also got to like that. Um, looking for a little more out of Jalen Suggs, but I think that will come yeah. at time. And they're in line here, Colin, to get another fantastic piece to yeah. add to this team. Along with too. the addition of Jonathan Isaac coming back at the beginning of next season, Colin, I, I do not expect the Magic to be back down here when we make this video next season. No, Colin. I don't think so either. And you know, I got to shout out my guy Wendell Carter. Wendell Carter has played fantastic for the Magic. He's like mm-hmm. almost averaging a double. He is averaging a double double on the year, fifteen, ten and a half. He's playing some fantastic defense for them too. And then you know you look at the, like the roster construction, like having Mo Bamba as your backup center. Uh, in terms of backup centers, I, I think that's like a top tier backup center. Yeah, I I really like where the Magic are going, Colin. I uh, they're going to be they're a very very interesting team to watch out for who they take in this pick because I think yeah. it has. Co- quite big implications of how they view this team and its ceiling. I think that if if Chet Holmgren's available, I, I think they got to go for him. I think that that could really... I don't know. We, we have the draft preview. We have the draft preview. Yeah. We'll, we'll do that then. Uh, and then the last team in the tanking boys is the Detroit Pistons. Detroit Pistons are set up uh, you know, quite well. You got Cade Cunningham. I mean, Cade Cunningham's right sick. Yeah, you have a trade asset in Jeremy Grant that could very well net you one of those Blazers first round picks this year. Mm-hmm. Sadiq Bay scored fifty points in a game this season, Colin. Like, holy shit! The Pistons, the Pistons, the Pistons are in a are in a good, a much better direction, Colin, than where they were, than anywhere they've been in the last ten ten or so years. Like, Cade's a foundational piece to build around, and 
if they land a Paolo, if they land a Jabari Smith Jr., if they land a Chet Con, they're going to be one of they're they're a league pass instant team just because of Caden, who else oh, yeah. are going to draft. Yes, no, absolutely, and you know what? People always say like the Knicks being good at basketball is good for basketball. I think the Pistons being good at basketball is good for basketball. I mean, truly, I think I the do Pistons like when the Pistons are, are good. Like, are they a, a top six, seven franchise of all time? I mean, we talk about the bad boy Pistons. I think they That's are. That's an iconic. It's right there. I mean, like, quickly off the top of my head, you got to go Celtics, Lakers, Bulls, Spurs, Warriors, I think, at the top five. And then I think it's, like, the Pistons, yeah. the Heat. Knicks. Um, Knicks. Yeah. I, I mean, like, yeah, probably the Knicks just because of who they are. But, like, it's not like they're, they've been good for yeah. – you know, but yeah, no, I mean, they're up there, you know? Yeah, like, that Bad Boys team is iconic, that whole era. The the Chauncey Billups... Oh, my God. Uh, the Chauncey Billups were Hamilton, Tejon Prince, and both the Wallaces. That team yeah. is one of the teams that is just, like, burned into my brain as... Seriously. Um, just, like, one of... Just, like, it's weird that how how iconic they can become, Colin, yeah. in a market like Detroit. Yeah. Well, I mean, people forget 20 years ago Detroit was a top five biggest city in population in the United States. So I did not know that. Really? Yeah. Okay, um, okay Detroit. You know, but, like, from my childhood, Noah, there are two lineups outside of the Bulls that, like, from when I was, like, 11, 12 years old, I could just rattle off the top of my head. It was the 08 Celtics and the 04 Pistons. I could give you the entire, like, starting five. I don't, I don't yeah. know why. It's those two teams just, like, stick out in my mind. Yeah. Uh, Pistons got it going on. I really like where the Pistons are yeah. going. Um, let's just work our way up here, Con. We'll end with the the pieces everyone wants to hear. We'll make them stick around till the very uh, end, Con. Oh, that's smart. Um, it's smart, idiots. Let's just, let's just get through the – I don't want to spend as much time, honestly, as we spent on those teams for these next couple tiers, but – the next tier up, Con, we have just happy to win one game. Mm-hmm. Um, these are teams that are on the fringe of, you know, making the plan, potentially missing the plan. Um, and they're teams that would just be happy to be here, Con. They'd be happy to make the playoffs. And yeah. the first team we have is the New Orleans Pelicans, Con. Are, are you a bit surprised to see them here? Uh, not after the McCollum trade. You know, I think CJ's a good enough scorer that, like, you cannot finish bottom five in your conference, you know, given the pieces they already had, obviously Zion's, you know, been done for the year. Yeah. I think they're in a weird spot because it's like, we did all this with the idea that Zion would be here. And now Zion's not even here. Like it's almost like, what's the point, you know, like make the playoffs and feel good. Like the players get like the playoff bonus. And, uh, you know, if you win one game, fantastic. They would, they would die to get swept by the Suns in the first round and win one game. They'd be so happy. They'd get get swept and win one game. No, they would win one game and lose <laughs> in four, okay. five. The the gentlemen's, <laughs> the gentlemen's sweep. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I think so. Uh, elsewhere on this list, we find the Hornets. Uh, you know, kind of kind of disappointed to see the Hornets here. Honestly, I kind of had yeah. higher, higher expectations for them. I did too. You know. Lamelo kind of defaults into his first All Star game. I mean, I, I thought he deserved it, but you know, just yeah. it, it's tough because Gordon Hayward has not been playing. He's done for the year, mm-hmm. right? 
not officially announced done for the year. Um, he could play if they make the playoffs, but he's not close to coming back, I'll tell you that. Yeah, you know, like, Miles Bridges, if John Morant didn't do what John Morant did, would win most improved player. Uh, he's been fantastic. Uh, you know, it's just, they're, they're just not quite there, you know? The, uh, the talent is, it looks good on paper, but it just doesn't quite translate, you know? Terry Rozier's the kind of guy, like, he goes from, like, last season he was underrated, put up great numbers. Now this season, I think he was overrated because he put up those numbers and the Hornets didn't really win that much. I mean, they're like, they're three games above 500. I don't know, I just, I don't... I am a I don't Terry fan. Yeah. You know, I, I um, just... Yeah. Lamelo like Lamelo had some very interesting comments come out the other night, Con, um, in an interview. Oh, I missed these. The other night. Um, it was actually, like, he kind of went on a little rant. It's pretty long. But basically, at the summary of it, Con, was that basically Lamelo said that he, he, he didn't feel like he had the keys to the offense yet. Um, like guys who Luca, you know, Kate Cunningham already have. Um, he said that he he basically said that the Hornets weren't using him to. He wasn't being utilized to his full capacity, his full potential yet. And he also basically made a comment saying that, "Hey, the bigs on this team are ass. Like, get me a proper big, and we can do something here." Um, and what this I'm hearing from that, the bigs Con, on that team are ass. Yeah, and I think uh, I think James Rega could definitely be a candidate to get fired this season strictly because of those comments that Lamelo's making, saying they're not yeah. utilizing him fully, and that, that kind of falls on James Verrega, the head coach. Um, so I would not be surprised if James Verrega is on the hot seat this offseason, and also the Hornets' front office is on a hot seat to get Lamelo a big because that's just yeah. what that team needs. Um, no, the development is. of Miles Bridges is amazing at what he has been able to accomplish this season, and if they can get Lamelo big, they can get him a coach that's a point guard whisper, someone who can actually understand Lamelo's full potential. Like the Hornets will be a better team next season. Yeah, I uh, I agree with that. All right, and then let's not spend much time on the Spurs. I don't even think they'll make the playoffs. Um, Disgusting. I don't want to talk about the Spurs. Yeah, Dejounte Murray's sick. Dejounte, Dejounte Murray, sick. very cool. Lonnie Walker, I still have faith in to become a very good player. I don't know why, but he, I just love Lonnie Walker. I, uh, yeah, and, well, and, all right, biggest dub for the Spurs, uh, they got one of their players named after the NBA Wordle. Mm-hmm. Spurs have a sneaky amount of cap space over the next couple of years, Colin. Yeah. Uh, very, something very interesting yeah, to watch out for. Something they said about that. Yeah. Um, Alrighty. this next tier, Colin, yeah. maybe my, fa- I think this might be my favorite tier of grouping of teams right here, honestly. Yeah. Uh, big fan of two of these teams. And this tier is just here for the experience. Um, Colin, Colin, tell me, tell me what you described this tier as for us to get to this name. Uh, I, I said when they lose the first round matchup, the announcers are going to say, "Hey, you know what? Though the building blocks are there for these teams. They they've been through it now, and next year they're gonna know what it's like." That is the epitome of these teams. Which and is who is that because, first team? Yeah. Well, I'm going to start backwards. It's a little bit weird because the, the first team is the Raptors. 
and they're three years removed from winning the NBA Finals, but pretty much <laughs> like it's you've got Fred and Siakam with a bunch of guys under the age of twenty three. Yeah, actually, how old's OG? OG might be a little bit older at this point. Twenty four, twenty five. Yeah. Um, but regardless, you know, I I think that the Raptors, you know, like Fred. Siakam, they were young. You know, they were carried by Kawhi and Kyle Lowry's leadership on that team. You know, you had Siakam, you had Gasol. You know, you had some guys who'd been around the league for 10 years or had won finals MVPs. You know, now it's their team. That really wasn't the case before. So I think this Raptors team, you know, if they were to win a first-round matchup, I'd be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. But... You've got some young pieces. Let them experience it, and then mm-hmm. I think they start to come back and you know get back into the shape of winning fifty-five games a year and getting knocked out by LeBron. Yeah, I I think the rap the Raptors I don't think are winning a first round matchup column, but no one wants to play the Raptors. Um, I think they're taking no. any team in the East honestly to a good five six game series, and mm-hmm. all six of those games are very tough because that's just the kind of team the Raptors are. Yeah. Um, under the radar, the season Pascal Siakam is having, Colin. He, Pascal yeah. Siakam is having such a good bounce-back season. Um, averaging Average on the season so far, 22.5 points, 8.5 rebounds, 5 assists. Shot 36% from 3 this season. The Raptors ended up making Gary Trent Jr. an 18-point-per-game score this season, Colin. Yeah. We saw OG at 17 points. Scotty Barnes ended up is averaging 15, 7.5, and 3.5 and for his rookie season, Colin. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of reasons to be excited for this Raptors team, and it, it mainly lies in those starting five column. But uh-huh. and they just need to you know they need to fill the bench back because what I remember from those Raptors teams con that we've seen be really good in the past is that mm-hmm. they were deep. Like those Raptor teams that yeah. we're used to seeing make playoff runs were like nine, ten guys deep, and that's just yeah. not what this team is right now. No. But I do believe in uh, you know. Masai Ujiri's ability to fill that out. So the Raptors, I think, will be a better team next year. They just need a bit of progression, yeah. and you need to get those guys like Gary Trent and Scotty Barnes more playoff experience. Yeah. Um, and I think it just comes with time. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, Fred Van Fleet actually leads the league in minutes played per game. Yeah, he's the Julius Randle of last year. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if all five Raptors starters were in, like, the top 20, though. Yeah. No, I, I really would not be shocked. All right, next team on the list now, and I think this is the epitome of this tier. It's the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yep. Like, the Cleveland Cavaliers truly, outside of Rajon Rondo, do they have any playoff experience? Uh, Kevin Love. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, all right, there you go. And I think Dinwiddie played in the play-in game last year, so. Ricky Rubio's got some. Well, Ricky Chetty Rubio's Osmond on the Pacers. Oh, yeah. forgot. Uh, he was on Purtle. How the could other I day. forget about my dear yeah. Ricky Rubio? <laughs> yeah, Jesus, dude, figure it out. Um, um, yeah, the the Cavs started off the season pretty hot, Con. They were one of the best storylines of the uh, first half. You know, they've come down a little bit to earth of where uh, they more are as a team. They're forty two and thirty four this season so far, uh, but they haven't had Jared Allen for a while. You know, he fractured no. his finger. He was out indefinitely. Uh, turns out he's not going to have surgery on it, so he will be ready to go for the playoffs. Um, Evan Mobley went out the other night. Con gonna miss like four games with a uh, ankle injury. 
Um, Karis LeVert's been injured a bit. Mm. I like the Cavs. Just if the Cavs will be very happy, Colin, just to make the playoffs, hold on to this spot that they're currently holding on. Um, they're currently the seventh seed, forty-two and thirty-four. Brooklyn is the eighth seed, forty and thirty-six. Uh, with Charlotte right behind them, the Hawks right behind them. If the, if the Cavs can just make the playoffs, Colin, that is so good for this team because that's just what, you, like like you said, man, building blocks, Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, just get those guys, let those guys play some pressure minutes, mm-hmm. and it will, it'll be great for them, the experience. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, last team in this tier, the Minnesota Timberwolves. No, I can get behind the Minnesota Timberwolves. I mean, you've had Carl Anthony Towns be a premier center for five years now, and mm-hmm. the only time he's experienced the playoffs was when Jimmy Butler picked his ass up and carried him there. <laughs> I, I, that was yeah. the only reason he made it. So I, re- I really like this Minnesota team, Colin. They, they, they've got a good squad built around. They do, and... No, I mean, it, it's looking like they're going to play the Grizzlies in the first round, and I'm not one to discount the Grizzlies. That is prime TV. But I think that's going to be a really good series, you know? Like, yeah. I, I could see them doing it. Like, that would not be... So could I. Like, that would... I don't even know if I'd be surprised if that happened. You know, just because the Grizzlies are so young, too. You know, obviously, second best record in the NBA, you can't put the Grizzlies in this tier, even though age-wise they kind of fit in with it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you, you don't know what's going to happen. I think that the Timberwolves, they've got the star power. You know, Anthony Edwards is one of the most exciting young players on this team. And, you know, I, I think it's built pretty well, too. I mean, no, if if you think about it, their record right now would actually put them as, like, the sixth seed. No, no, they, they'd still be the seventh seed in the East, but... I mean, they're right there. They've they, got potential to still move up in these playoffs, too, Colin. They're 43-34 and 34 right now, I yeah. believe. Um, the team in front of them is the Jazz the with Jazz. 45 wins and the Nuggets with 46. They could end up being a fifth seed here, Colin, if they really um, end the season hot. Um, mm-hmm. I just love some of their bench guys, Colin. Like, they have one of the most, like, interesting benches out of the whole league. Like, you guys got... You got a three-point specialist in Malik Beasley. I love Jaden McDaniels. Yeah. Um, you know they have Nas Reed, Torian Prince, Jared Vanderbilt's awesome. Like yeah, Jared Vanderbilt. They got enough guys. Colin. players. Yeah, yeah, they got enough guys for you to trust in the playoffs. And Anthony Edwards and Cat, like the Grizzlies, do not want to deal with Cat for a whole series. No. No, you really don't. I mean, you've got Jaron Jackson Jr., who is sneaky, making his way up the Defensive Player of the Year board. But, yeah, I mean, I, I like this team. I like this team a lot. Um, I You know, I, I don't know. Like, are they a piece away, or do you think they just need to develop these guys and let it, let it sit, let it breathe? I think Anthony Edwards is just – Anthony Edwards is a catalyst for how far this team can go, Colin. Yeah, which is, you know, a lot of pressure to put on a guy who's in his second year, but – he seems like he would love that, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, he does seem to shine in the, in those situations. Like, it, the big moment does not scare Anthony Edwards. Does not. Um, yeah, the, all three of those teams, they're just here for the experience. But I kind of want to lock in right now, Colin, that if the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves played, I would pick the Timberwolves. 
I'd throw some money on the money line. That plus sign would be mighty attractive. Um, next tier, Colin, actually only contains one team. What this is it? What's the name is, of the tier? The tier is called just the Utah Jazz. Uh-huh. And, the and who's in that in this team? Tier, Colin, is yeah. the Utah Jazz. Oh, that's that's surprising. And and why would the Utah Jazz have their their own tier? That's so interesting. This is this is all UConn. I I'm, I I I, yeah. I don't talk about the Jazz. <laughs> so the Jazz and I. I, I've spoken highly of the Jazz in the past, and I am a big advocate of it only takes one. You know, you, you just need it to click once for the entire narrative to turn around. Uh, but with that said, the Utah Jazz will not be winning a playoff game this year. They are about to experience... A playoff another, game? A playoff series. They're about to experience another playoff upset, heartbreak... This team is just not – it's not there. It's not built to do the things that they'd like to do. You know, they were the number two seed in the West last year. I think they had the second best record in the NBA. You know, I I like Rudy Gobert. I do. I like Donovan Mitchell. I think Donovan Mitchell is one of the best players in the NBA right now. But this team is just not equipped to do anything against superior talent like it's just not the Rudy Gobert as good as he is Noah we we can go back to the idea that he was sitting in the final minutes of game six last year of the semifinals this year defensive player of the year and he got played off the court how can you expect to be paying a guy 212 million dollars over five years and then he can't play during crunch time. He's just he just can't do it. I I I think you had to pay him because you're the Jazz and you're you're not going to get anything better. But I I think they've kind of run the course on this experiment. You know, I just if they run this team back again next year, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know how you're making Donovan Mitchell happy even if you go backwards. You, you got to do something different because this, this isn't going to work, you know? And aside from the point that Mike Conley is now 35, Joe Ingles is done for the year. You know, he's 35 as well. Bojan Bogdanovich is getting up there in age. It, Jordan Clarkson's a great story. He's a great story. You know, six man of the year, he can get buckets. But the talent is just not there. They're basically, no, they're the new age grit and grind Grizzlies with a little bit more star talent, a little bit. But that's what they are. They're a great regular season team, and they're never going to make a conference finals. Just never. You know, you said you said all you said all the thoughts I were thinking, Colin. I don't need to slander the Jazz any more than I already have, but... Is this team is just at its ceiling, Con? It's a perfectly fine team if you want to make the playoffs every season. Keep doing what you're doing, Jazz. But I think things are ending violently in Utah for this era, of uh, this iteration of the team they have right now. I honestly think Quinn Snyder. This could be his last season in Utah. I honestly am predicting that he probably goes. He will probably be beyond a, coaching a different team. 
um, at the beginning of next season, and I think Donovan Mitchell's going to want out soon. Um, after they, I believe they blew a 25-point lead to the Clippers the other night, Con, mm-hmm. and Donovan Mitchell, after the game, basically said, it's the same shit, it's the same shit yeah. every time, it's just the same shit. Like, not what you want to be seeing from your star guy. Um, yeah, I think things are going bad in Utah, and yeah. they're just the Utah Jazz. Yep, and that is the just the Utah Jazz tier. Alrighty, Noah. Now, now we're starting to get serious with it. Um, Getting a little moving, serious. We're moving into the uh, what we've got. Thirteen, twelve teams left. Uh, traditionally, this would basically be like your top six seeds, uh, which probably makes a good bit of sense. Obviously, it hasn't quite shaken up that way. But the next tier we have is. Kind of a we we didn't come up with a funny name for this one, but like if if I we call it we're calling it the semifinal tier, basically like you've got your real contenders, you've got your fringe contenders, and then you've got kind of the the best of the rest, if you will. Teams that mm-hmm. they've got some really solid pieces, they've shown flashes of greatness this year, but I think it would be tough to believe that they actually do it. Is that a fair way to to, yeah. to frame this? No. Alright, so no, leading off, we've got the Dallas Mavericks. And I'll, I'll say this, I think the Dallas Mavericks could make a conference finals, you know? Like, I think that the West is set up that way. It looks like they're going to be the third seed, which, you know, puts them... The Grizzlies second round, I, I would take. I, I could oh, see take, them doing that. I take Luka Doncic over the entire state of Tennessee. <laughs> Slovenia over the entire state of Tennessee. I don't mind it. <clears throat> but yeah, the I just ma- the. Go ahead. I just I don't see them winning an NBA Finals. I just don't think that they have the pieces to actually do it, which I think kind of sums up this tier. Yeah, um, this tier is just like teams who, if they made the conference finals, you'd be like, oh, that's cool. But, you know, the Mavericks made a conference finals. Well, expecting them to lose in the conference finals. Um, the Mavs, it's very interesting. Luka Doncic is having quite the season con. If he would have had a better beginning to the season, he would easily be in the top five of the MVP race for me. Um, <clears throat> averaging 29-9, on the season. Um, almost averaging the triple double, and Luca is just so good. He, the Mavs are getting getting absolutely the max out of every single role player on their team. Con um, mm-hmm. the trio guard attack of Jalen Brunson, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Luca is actually working out a lot better than I potentially thought it would. Um, it's just at the end of the day, Luca. Luca's just gonna have to do everything, and I, I don't, I don't know if he's there as a player yet to, to be able to will his team all the way to a finals win. Um, I no. think this Mavs team just needs a couple more. They just need a talent injection, Colin. Like if they just had another guy that could be a twenty point per game scorer for them every night, yeah. like they thought Chris Stapps would have been. This team's ceiling is immensely higher than what it is now. Um, yeah. But yeah, I. The Mavs, uh, the Mavs are a shocking team this season, Colin. I actually really like what Jason Kidd's doing over there. 
They're actually seventh in defensive rating, Colin. Believe it or not, the offense is kind of the thing keeping them back. They're straight up middle of the league, 15th best offensive rating. Um, and that just happens to be, if Luka doesn't have it going, not a lot of other guys have the ability to just get things mm-hmm. going. Um, yeah. The, the Mavs are, no one wants to play the Mavs, though. You don't want to see Luka Doncic in a playoff series. He will, he'll make you cry. No. Um, All right, no. Colin. This next team, I kind of <laughs> think that they should be the tier up. I really do. Are you confident that they're in this tier? Because if you are, I'll, I'll ride with that. I, I, Colin, you can't sit here. You're right. No, you're right. And, come on. Come on. Come on. No, yeah. I I think maybe the name <laughs> of the next tier, like, is, is why I would put them there. But, yeah, no, realistically, they're not. It's the Boston Celtics. The Boston oh, Celtics are the, the hot oh, – do, oh, do you think I was talking about the Bulls? Go fuck your side, you. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you – we're in the semis tier. Yeah. You, the picture you sent me has the, the Celtics in the semis tier. Oh, okay. I had the Celtics in the tier above. Oh, okay. Because Celtics, Celtics fans do think that. Yeah. Don't ruin it. All right. Yeah. All right. We'll save the Celtics. I thought they should have been in that tier too. All right. Um – all right, that's on you for sending me the wrong picture. Yeah, uh, sorry. All right, fine. The Bulls. I <laughs> so badly wanted. Okay, I see why you thought that was funny. Now, <laughs> I I so badly wanted the Bulls to be in the tier above. Uh, having watched most Bulls games this year and especially the last month, it's so evident that we lack interior defense. So evident. I think that Vooch is a great rebounder. I think having him in the pick and pop is fantastic. He's got some fantastic go-to post moves where if I see him posting the guy down, I'm like, yes, that's a bucket. But he can't hold that defense down. It's just, it's not his thing. And then when you have a guy like Zach Levine, who is a minus defender, you know, DeRozan is maybe a mid-tier defender. Um Having Patrick Williams back in the lineup is great, but we don't have anybody to stop any of the premier talent in the NBA. You know, if we get Lonzo Ball back, I like the defense on the perimeter that we can play, and then maybe we can scheme up some ways to stop some stuff in the post. But I feel like every single night I look at the box score and we're letting up 120 points. Uh, and, and you just can't do that. You know, DeRozan tonight, it took... 50 points in an OT win against the Clippers. Now, granted, Paul George is back, um, but that's just not a great look. It's uh, it's not. I will be thrilled if we make the, the conference finals. And, you know, if we can see the Celtics first round and then the Heat win their thing, maybe there's a chance. You know, I think that's our best route, but I just I don't think that if we see an Embiid, a Giannis, that we have any chance. Yeah, um, Boston Chicago would be quite the first round four or five matchup. Con, I would actually be very interested in seeing that. Uh, but like you said, I just you know one of my biggest one of my biggest um, disappointments of the off season, Con, was that you guys didn't sign a legitimate backup center. Like, no, I I said that would come back to probably bite you guys in the ass, and it it has. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys are just. 
the the rebounding and the defense is just where you can see it very apparently. The yeah. Chicago the Bulls are probably what they're like they're like eighteenth, I think, I think in yeah. rebounding percentage. Um defensive rating they are currently twentieth. Um the offense is there. Any given night, like betting on DeRozan and Levine to outscore the other team's top two stars, Colin, is a pretty decent bet. Yeah. Um DeRozan's just been absolutely phenomenal this season. I honestly it's it's weird to see how good a season DeRozan's going to have and how it maybe is just going to be, you know, it's going to be like, thanks for doing that, DeMar, but, like, it can't carry us to the point we need to get. Uh, but I do think, I don't think teams want to see the Bulls with the way DeRozan's playing. I think a healthy Lonzo ball is, like, a big contingency. I mean, it on is. How, how well you guys can do in the playoffs. Like, you see your defense went off a cliff. When Lonzo oh, Ball yeah, and Caruso got hurt, um, Patrick Williams coming back is pretty big for the Bulls, but he's still just a second-year player, Con, who missed yeah. the majority of this season. Like the guy's still a glorified rookie at this point; yeah. you can't task him with stopping the Giannis's and the Kevin Durant's of the East that you will inevitably have to face. But like, like you, Con, like just making the playoffs for this Bulls team and winning a first-round matchup yeah, be would huge. be huge, gigantic for the city of Chicago and the team. Zach Levine's never played a playoff game. Yeah, that's wild. Like, and then the last thing I have to say, and it's just it's glaring, especially in today's NBA, the Bulls rank dead last in three-pointers made per game. Probably rank top three in mid-rangers made. Uh, probably top one. <laughs> it's all DeRozan does. Uh, cool. He actually he buried some pretty sick threes tonight, and uh, Patrick Williams hit a fucking dagger at one point. It was sick, but yeah. Um, all right, we're spending a lot of time. Let's let's spend less time on some of these teams. I don't even want to talk about the Clippers. The, the Clippers. Paul George is back. Uh, you know, <coughs> we said that wouldn't happen. It happened. Did not um, think he was coming back. They'll uh, they'll they'll probably lose to. They'll probably lose the play-in game. Honestly. Clippers versus a little Memphis first round, though, Colin? Yeah. I, I mean, Paul, that... Paul George could do it, you know? Now that he's back, maybe you have some different expectations, but Kawhi's not coming back. If he yeah, does. Clippers, if he Clippers does. are boring, Colin. <laughs> honestly, yeah, can we put them in the Just the Utah Jazz category? Yeah, honestly, they are in the Just the... Yeah, move them down. They're in the Just I'm the Utah them. Jazz category. Yeah, okay. Let's talk about yeah. the more fun team right after them. Oh, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies. Noah, they they do it all. Like, on paper, like if you didn't know anything about the NBA, you just gave numbers to a stats guy, he would be like, "Why is this team here? Why? Why? How are you ranking is six to seven teams above them?" Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's because I, I think we've just seen it, Noah. Young teams in the NBA just don't do it in the finals. You need that star power. There's something to be said about having experience, and I just do not think that the Grizzlies have that. I love. I would love to be wrong. You know, like let me preface everything with I would so love to be wrong about that. The Grizzlies, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. John Morant's one of the most yeah. exciting players. Yeah. 
I, I think the Grizzlies have the ceiling of that Hawks team we had last year, Colin. I, would, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be very surprised if the Grizzlies had the same exact kind of run where they make a conference finals, just lose to a clearly better team. Yeah. Um, John Morant's awesome, Colin. The fact that they're, what, like 17-2 and two without him now on the season is an even better sign for this team moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, Desmond Bain, one of the best stories of this season for guys who proved themselves, who've had a breakout season, ended up averaging yeah. 18 points per game this season, Colin, shooting 43% from three on seven attempts a game. <laughs> Another fantastic piece for this Grizzlies team to build around in. Sharon Jackson Jr. Colin fulfilling basically everything I wanted out of him for to make a potential Seriously. MIP run if two of his teammates weren't outplaying him for perhaps that same award. Um, played has played seventy five games this season. Colin Jaron Jackson Jr. has uh, wow. leads the league in blocks. Is top five in blocks per game. Like I'm so happy about the season Jaron Jackson Jr. Ha- is having has had. Um, this Grizzlies team just seems like it's it's. It seems like they're key con for one more move until they're really like, yeah, they're okay, there. we're pushing all our chips in. Yeah, and it could even just be give this roster a year or two. Yeah. And then maybe they're there. I mean, it's like, hey, what, if John Morant becomes a 30 point per game score instead of a 27 point per game score, like, we're in there. Yeah, seriously. Seriously, and I, I anticipate he does that. I have no reason to believe he doesn't. I would. I'm. I'm very interested in seeing if his three pointer stays as well, Con. Because if it does, he is one of the scariest players in the league. I mean, I think he's already one of the scariest players in the league. But yeah, yeah. You know, point taken. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I think that's kind of. I think we we're saying how we feel about the Grizzlies. I'm rooting I, for I the th- Grizzlies. I think who's not rooting for the Grizzlies? You know, who isn't? Yeah. And again, I. I'd love to be wrong. I just. I think that the talent is like there. I just don't think that a team this young is going to hold up. Could be wrong. I don't think so. Yeah. Noah, the Denver Nuggets, um, traditionally a very good team come the playoffs. Very good team. Uh, but this team doesn't have their whole team. And that, ain't doing uh, nothing without Jamal Murray. I love Jamal Murray. I do. And uh, Jokic deserves the MVP for what he's done on this team. Truly. Truly, I mean, no, like, I think we've said it. Will Barton is the second highest scorer on this team. Yeah, Farton, Will Barton. Like, Jokic is outscoring him by 12 points. 12 points. You know when you play this team, everything is going to be run through Nikola Jokic, and he still does what he's doing. No, the only stat of the five major stats that Jokic isn't top 15 in is blocks per game. Everything else wow. he's top 15 in the league in. Yeah. it's Think about that. Jokic is, Jokic is just insane, Colin. The, the Nuggets still have the sixth best offensive rating, and they've lost their second and third best offensive players off that team. Yeah. Um, they have the highest assist ratio in the league, Colin assist percentage uh which means like buckets uh what's per- assist percentage mean called it means assist percentage is the number of passes <laughs> that you make uh that actually end up leading yes. to assists 
Yes. Uh, that's crazy, Colin, because Jokic averages 13.5 assists. Their next highest is 5.7 with Aaron Gordon. Uh, yeah. So they're getting absolutely zero point guard play out of this team, Colin. Um, uh-huh. Jokic deserves everything that's coming to him. Like, he deserves this MVP, honestly, in my mind. But yeah. in terms of where they can go in the playoffs, Colin, like, there are just going to be too many games where they lose by eight, they lose by nine. <laughs> like, yeah. just because they don't have a, a Jamal Murray out there. Um, next team, Colin, a team that's pretty far down in the standings right yeah. now. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks currently 39 and 37, Colin, 10th seed in the East, holding on to that last play-in spot. Um, we still have them all the way up here, Colin. Yeah. I, how can you, Trey Young, how, how could you not? You know, when we talk about you need star talent to win in the playoffs, they clearly have it. You, you've got mm-hmm. one of the most electrifying guys in the NBA. I mean... This dude is almost averaging a double-double with assists. And he's putting up, like, 27 points per game. Like, <laughs> you know? And his supporting cast has definitely taken a uh, a step backwards this year. But, no, I don't know. In, in my mind, it, it, they can turn it around. You know, I don't think anybody's ecstatic to see the Hawks. Let's put it that way. Yes. Like, no one wants to see Trey Young in a series. He's just that kind of guy, Colin. Um... The John, John Collins being out indefinitely with a fractured finger, I believe, uh, is pretty terrible for the Hawks. Mm-hmm. Um, very much limits to where I think this team can go, but I think Trey Young is good enough to push him to a second round still. Yeah, no, I, I think so too. I uh, I think they're better than the Hornets. I could see them upsetting the Cavs if it's, it's just the, like the Cavs Hawks. It's just second best offensive rating in the league, con twenty sixth worst defensive rating in the league. It's like I wonder why the Hawks are almost a five hundred team. Yeah, it's, you don't really have to wonder, do you? <laughs> uh, yeah. They just have too many. They just have too much mid on this team, con. That's a really like, good way to put it. Like Bogdan mid, DeAndre Hunter mid, but you're hoping he's better, develops into a better guy than mid. Kevin Huerta, pretty mid. Cam Reddish was mid. Like, Gallinari mid. It's just like, you know, you got a bunch of mid around a Trey Young. Like, this is kind of one that's going to get you, but Trey Young's good enough to win you a playoff series. And it could happen. It could happen. All right, Noah. Let's move on. Second tier. We we alluded to it with the the, the Celtics, so we'll, we'll lead with them, but it's the fan base thinks... They can win the NBA Finals, which I, I, admittedly, I think we think that's a pretty funny way to describe this tier. Yeah, because like, there's only you know, the select fan bases that are gonna think this con are gonna be teams that have historically been good. They're the bigger market teams in the league, and that first team is the Golden State Warriors con, and their fans yeah. certainly think they can win a Finals, and I, I can get behind it. I don't hate it. You know, they've definitely fallen off from how good they were in the first couple months of the uh, this season. Steph Curry isn't quite an MVP form. But, you know, I'm not, especially with the way that that West, the Western Conference is going to shape up. If we're talking about a team with experience, there's no team in the West that has the experience. There's no team in the NBA that has the experience that the Warriors do. I mean, truly. Klay Thompson, mm-hmm. I feel like he's gone very under the radar. Since coming back, like, he's the kind of guy I thought I would see ESPN stuff about him all the time, and 
You really don't. And, you know, he's averaging yeah. 19 points a game. You know, he's, The quietest 19 you'll ever hear, Colin. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean, like, his shooting splits are, you know, not not what you'd want from Clay Thompson, but I think you can understand it based on where he's been. He's shooting 37 from three, 42 from the field. I mean, you saw a 91% free throw shooter. I, I honestly, I don't know what the advanced stats look like on his defense this year, um, but you've got Jordan Poole, you've got Steph Curry. I don't know if Andrew Wiggins is a plus, but he started in the All-Star game, so that's something. And then defensively, you know, Draymond Green's probably going to win Defensive Player of the Year. It, it shapes up that they can be there. Oh, really? What do you mean, really? Marcus, Marcus Smart actually became the odds-on betting favorite. Did he really? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Colin, I, I I still fully believe in this Warriors team. Um, the biggest part here is just how many reps can Clay, Steph Curry, and Draymond get in before during this playoff run and before it. Um, unlike the the Warriors, have kind of gone backwards on offense, Colin. They're 16th in offensive rating, but they're still third in defensive rating. Like at the foundation of this Warriors team, Colin is a very solid and sound defense. And you just know on a game-to-game basis, Con, that offense can click in just an absolute instant. Like, I'm not worried about them being 16th best offensive rating, really, at all. No. No, I just, I, I don't envision that that's where they actually are. And at the end of the day, if Steph and Draymond are on playing at the top of their game, Con, like, they can they can beat anyone. Yeah. No, seriously, I mean, they, it's, some, it's kind of similar to, to college basketball, where... It's just the hottest team in March is the team that wins. It's not the best team. You can you can slump for two months from January to February. If you turn it on in April, May, everybody's going to forget about it. Yeah, and especially because their defense hasn't slumped gone. Like, yeah. If that defense is there, the, the Warriors are dangerous, dangerous, and I, I still have a future on them to win the finals, Con. Like, I... I um I I'm invested in the Warriors and the Bucks at this point. I can't say. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm invested in the Bucks. I'm excited to see this Warriors team in the playoffs, Con. I I am so excited for this playoffs. Um, more excited than I've been for the playoffs in probably the past two three years. Um, next team on the list, Con, a fan base thinks they can win a finals. I. That is the Miami Heat, Con. I don't believe it. I don't either, um, but that's because if you're a long if you're a long time listener, you know my feelings about Jimmy B, Jimmy Butler. You know how I feel on him as being the leading man on a team. But for me, calling this Heat team and their X factor, the X factor for how far this team actually can go, Colin, I I think it's still Kyle Lowry. I think it's there's a reason why Kyle Lowry yeah. got brought into this team, Con. Um, yeah, they know that when they're trying to make a deep playoff run, there's going to be times. There were just times like in last year's playoffs and in the bubble even when their offense just went stagnant. Like it's hard. Sometimes it's just very hard to generate buckets when teams are so locked in defensively when you're in game five of a series and where both teams know all of your tricks. Like they know exactly what you're going to do. It just matters on can you execute, can you do it. And that's why they brought in Kyle Lowry, Colin, because when that offense goes stagnant, when you know they're having a hard time generate buckets, generating buckets, 
that's what Kyle Lowry is looking to help them out with. Um, he's looking to set guys up. He's looking to make the easy pass, get the easy bucket. Uh, and if he can play well, Colin, this Heat team does have a chance. But I think the time and place of relying on Kyle Lowry as one of your X factors in the playoffs maybe has gone and passed. Yeah, I I can agree with that. You know, this team, they've got the pieces to do it, you know. When I think of do they have a Giannis stopper, they, you know, Giannis and Mitigator. You've got Bam, who, you know, I actually, I didn't realize that Draymond Green fell off so hard in the uh, Defensive Player of the Year rankings. He's like 11th now. You have Bam, who's second. You know, you've got Jimmy, who's considered to be a lockdown defender. You've got Duncan Robinson, who, despite his shooting woes this year, I, I think just talent-wise is one of the best spot-up three-point shooters in the league. You've got Tyler Hero, just one of the most electric, but the most electric bench player of the year this year. Uh, and this team has a lot of the pieces that were there when they went to the finals. But they have no one with the talent that Giannis, KD, even Jason Tatum. They just they don't mm-hmm. have that that guy that can go get those buckets that you're talking about. They have to manufacture them, and they've been able to do that in the regular season. I don't see it holding up come the playoffs. And, Con, there's, like, in the, in the East, like, the... T- in the East, it's clear like which teams would favor um, a matchup more than a different matchup, and I think the Heat just kind of match up like okay with everyone, as opposed mm-hmm. to them having a good a good versus bad matchup. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, I I know I definitely do. Um, you know I I think that you can stretch the Heat a little thin on defense, and if you can hit your open shots. I think that that's the key. You know, I, I think that yeah. Kyle Lowry nowadays, his, his perimeter defense just isn't quite what it used to be. I think you can attack those guards, kick the ball out. You, you're yeah. going to be pretty solid. And, and when you look like you match them against the teams that are above them, Con, like can they keep up with this rate of scoring that the Nets can do? I don't think so. And can they handle, you know, they're built pretty well to defend the Bucks, Colin, but like you said, the Giannis factor just comes into effect. Like, can Jimmy match a Giannis 40-point game? Maybe one Maybe prob- one out of seven <laughs> games. Yeah, Giannis is going to have three 40-point games while Jimmy has one 40-point game is, is really what it comes down to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I like this Heat team. I hate Jimmy Butler, but I like this Heat team. Yeah. But you ain't winning the finals. I agree. All a right, year, no. a couple years too late on Kyle Lowry. Mm-hmm. All right, we're getting up there in time, so I just wanna I wanna fly through this team. Uh, the Lakers fan base thinks they can win an oh NBA finals. Oh my god, dude! They certainly the Lakers think fan they can. base thinks they can win an NBA finals. I hope so badly that the Spurs knock them out of the playing game. That would just be fantastic. Um, I'm so rooting for the Lakers. I love LeBron. Just get into the playoffs. We'll see what happens no, from I, there. No, 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 I, no one wants to see no, LeBron. No, I hate LeBron. I love you, LeBron, so much. No, uh, wrong. Wrong. All right, and then the last team on this, this tier is the Boston Celtics, a team that for most of the year has spent below the play-in line. 
Uh, but they've been surging. They've won 17 of their last 24 games, something like that. I believe they were 31 and 27 at one point, Con. They are now 46 and 29. 47 and 30, but yes. 47 and 30. Um, probably the hottest team going into the playoffs, Con. The Celtics have really figured things out. Um, very, very shaky defense at the beginning of the season, Con. Now lead the league in defensive rating. Um, I love the Celtics, but that's because I love Jason Tatum. I love Jalen Brown. Um, they have their number 10 in offensive rating, Colin, so they have the defensive rating. They have the offensive rating. Um, big blow to them was Robert Williams getting hurt. Um, big a big reason of their success, Colin, was because Robert Williams and Al Horford were playing so well next to each other. Um, now they're forced to go back to starting Grant Williams at the four, Al Horford at the five. There's just a lot less defensive coverage out there with Grant Williams on the floor. Um, Celtics fans, you know, mass holes certainly think that this team can win the finals, Colin. I'm not a believer, and I'm a guy who really likes the Celtics. They can't win the finals, but the Celtics are maybe... I would not want to see the Celtics, Colin. I would not want anything to do with this team right now. See, I agreed, but like as a Bulls fan, I'm looking as like we're the fifth seed. The team I want to see the most is the Celtics. That is facts. You know, Out of opposed to a lot of other teams, you could see. Yeah. You know, like I just, I think it's easier to say, okay, let Tatum have 35, and make everybody else score, than it is for me to say. All right, let Embiid have 35 or 40, and Harden can do his thing, and all their role players make their shots. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to see that. And then there's just I there's no chance that the the Bulls can do anything against the Bucks. Nothing. I just I, I don't believe it. So the, like that's kind of the way that I'm like. Well, if I view you that way, then then there's reasons. So. I think that's kind of my thesis as to why the Celtics don't fall in the the true contending category. Although not to say that they couldn't do it. You know, like this is like truly like the fringe contenders is what this tier is. Yeah. And we did save the best for last, Colin. Um, these are our finals contenders, teams that we think can hold that Larry O'Brien trophy at the end of the season. Um, they're teams that we've talked about a lot, Con. Like, mm-hmm. they're teams that everyone talks about a lot. It's the Suns, the Nets, the Bucks, and the Philadelphia 76ers, Con. I actually want to start with the 76ers because I am... Mm-hmm. I'm not sold on them being a finals contender yet, Colin. And that may be a bit of ignorance on my part, but do some convincing on me, Colin. Like, what makes you think this team is a finals contender? I think that Joel Embiid's ability to score in the post is unmatched. I think that in a seven-game series, with the actual threat of James Harden as opposed to Ben Simmons where you have to respect his playmaking you have to step out on him you can't just condense into the paint allows Embiid to dominate a series I think that his defensive capabilities hold strong enough 
matched up with the likes of Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Tybel to put together over a seven-game series against these other elite teams the possibility to beat them. You know? Like, do I think that the 76ers would go in as the favorite against the Bucs or the Nets? Ah, I, I, I don't. Do I like them better than the Suns? I, I think I do. I think that Embiid is at that level. He is one of the four or five guys in the NBA that I, I truly believe can have the postseason to win the NBA Finals. Is he my MVP? No. That's just because Nikola Jokic is unbelievable and, you know, Giannis is Giannis. I think Giannis is the, the best player in the NBA. But, no, we're talking about a guy who is having a season that we haven't seen the likes of since Shaquille O'Neal, just in terms of sheer dominance in the interior. The league's not really set up that way anymore. And I think there's something to the idea of having a guy with such a unique skill set that defenses are going to have to get creative to actually stop it. I'm not saying it can't be done, but it's just such a different build than the rest of the NBA. Mm. I, I I do agree with you, Colin, looking at things from the offensive side with the Sixers. Um, I watched them play the Phoenix Suns the other night, Colin, and it honestly convinced me that why I'm kind of on this side of the fence where I don't know if they can be final contenders. Um, I'm, the, way the, the way the Sixers are running their defense now, Colin, they switch everything one to four. So anything that any kind of pick and rolls that involve James Harden to Tobias Harris, basically, is getting switched. Um, they're switching everything. They never switch Joel Embiid onto guards, though. They do not like to switch Joel on the pick and roll. They always want Joel to drop back to protect the rim. And the Phoenix Suns absolutely abuse them for it, Colin. Um, they know they're going to switch everything one to four, so they're just working their offense until they get James Harden on Chris Paul or James Harden on Devin Booker. Once that happens, they bring DeAndre Ayton up for the pick with Joel Embiid. They know Joel's not switching. They know James Harden is a less than enthusiastic defender. And Chris Paul and Devin Booker absolutely had their way with them. Um, I, I don't like the Sixers from the defensive end. You know, I think people are telling me Tybal's a great defender. I do believe that, but I don't think he's that guy, that guy who you want being a number one defender, um, perimeter defender on your team. Um, I don't believe in this bench still, Con. Like, their bench is really four guys deep. It's Danny Green, Georges Niang, Shake Milton, and DeAndre Jordan. Um, there are games in the playoffs, Con, where the Sixers are going to need to win a game via a role player. And that role player certainly could be Tyrese Maxey, but I don't believe in Matisse Thibel. Um Tobias Harris... I'm taught I didn't even mention to I mentioned I lobbed Tobias Harrison with the role players column. That's how mid he's yeah. been. Um, I I don't believe in the bench depth. I don't believe in the bench depth. I think the defense is gonna get exposed in the playoffs. I am, but I, I they still do have Embiid, Con, and they have James Harden. Like sometimes that's just enough to get you there. 
I mean, that's not. I think Giannis has his way with the Sixers over a seven game series, and I think Joel Embiid gets gassed in a seven game series against the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, I can hear it. I can hear it. I just, I don't think that the 76ers are not contenders. I think it would be wrong to put them in, in that next, the lower tier. They will certainly be at the will, Colin, of how refs are calling games. Because Harden and Embiid, between the both of them, are averaging just right around 22 free throw attempts per game um, combined. And we've seen in the playoffs, sometimes refs are hesitant to blow that whistle. Sometimes they let teams play more physical than they wouldn't versus a regular season game. And if they aren't getting those healthy free throw amount of free throw attempts a game con, I think their offense is actually going to have quite a hard time because I think it's very taxing on Joel Embiid to try and set up a post up every possession while also being the best defender for that team on the floor. Um, I think a lot of the re- a lot of the things Ben Simmons did well for that team, I think it's going to get shown in this playoffs. Yeah, and I, I I agree. And and let me say this: if I'm the 76ers, I want the Bucks to get the first seed. I want the Bucks to have to see the Nets in the playoffs. Because mm, 76ers think... Nets is a much closer series to me than the Bucks 76ers. I actually think teams are anticipating, Colin, that the Nets are passing Cleveland for the seventh seed. So I think you are actively avoiding being the second seed in the East. Interesting. All right. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of Nets are, that Nets way, are 40 but, and yeah. 37. Nets are 40 and 36. Cleveland's 42 and 34 without Mobley for the next three games. Mm-hmm. I think you can kind of anticipate they're probably going to be the seventh seed, and you, yeah. uh, the Sixers and Bucks are actively going to be fighting to see who can get that third seed. Yeah, I agree. All right, it feels like we kind of covered the Bucks there. Let's let's hit them really quick. I I think that the Bucks are the best team in the NBA. Uh, they're, they're not the odds-on favorite because the Suns can theoretically walk to the NBA Finals. They should walk to the NBA Finals. Uh, so just in terms of odds, you're going to take them. But I just – I watch this Bucks team, and it's so good. It's so well-rounded. Defensively, they can stop anybody. Brooke Lopez is back. Brooke Lopez is back. Dude, the amount of space that Brooke Lopez alone provides Giannis is insane. And when you've got your seven-foot On both center, ends of the floor yes. as well, Colin. Yeah. No, because you don't have Giannis as your rim protector. You can have Giannis out in the perimeter. Giannis playing free safety on defense is, like, the absolute perfect role for him, Con. Like, mm-hmm. he's a nightmare to switch any guy onto in the pick and roll because he's comfortable guarding one through five. And when he's able to just play that roaming roll, Con, you know, block shots that no other human can possibly block, um, it's when the Bucks are playing at their best. Brooke Lopez is a foundational pillar of that team, and they just they're they play like a team con that won an NBA Finals last year. Like they're yeah. just a very well oiled machine. And Giannis might be my Giannis. If I had if I was a voter con, I'd vote Giannis MVP and Defensive Player of the Year this season. And yeah. I think he's deserving of it. I I think so too. And I also I I have to shout out Drew Holiday. I mean, just think about. What he brought to this team as soon as he got there. You've got an elite perimeter defender. 
you have I wouldn't call him an elite distributor, but he knows how to run that offense. You know, he's not good enough selfish to average enough. seven assists a game. Yeah, it, it, I mean, yeah, on that team, how, how you should. Yeah, I just, I, I will be surprised if the Bucks are not the NBA Finals winners this year. Um. Yeah. All right, let's let's hit the Nets now, and then we'll do this. Yeah, we don't even have to talk about the Suns, dude. Like, come on, they're the Suns. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, let me say this about the Suns, then. Uh, anybody who thinks Devin Booker should win the MVP, I I don't think he's uh, watched yeah, basketball yeah, yeah. this year. I do think McCall Bridges, I think, is second best odds right now to win he's the third part of the year. He's right behind Bam. I'm, I'm glad they can at least recognize like a per, how good of a defender he is for a guy who's not a paint defender. Um, I'm actually very happy that, you know, they can recognize that because perimeter guys often get, you know, just swept to the side in the defensive player of the year conversation, Colin. Well, the blocks per game um, stats aren't there, and that's how you recognize if you're yeah. a good defender or not. So. <laughs> um, the Brooklyn Nets, Colin. They got KD. Kyrie can play home games now. They're deep. Like, the Nets are eight, nine-ish guys legitimately mm-hmm. deep now. Um, I love Bruce Brown. I I still think, Colin, that they need they need Ben Simmons. I think so too, and I'm I'm actively googling as to what the report is. Uh, Absolutely because, nothing. Yeah. No, like very very iffy still on if he can even play really. Which at this point makes me think like maybe he really was injured this whole year. Because why would you not be playing for the Nets at this point? Uh, but, yeah, I, I really don't know with him. Yeah, I think if you get Ben Simmons back, like, them and the Bucks are just – the Eastern Conference Finals is the NBA Finals to me. Yeah, I mean, just KD, Kyrie, Seth Curry, LaMarcus Aldridge, Patty Mills, Nick Claxton, Bruce Brown, Goran Dragic. Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin, sure. I don't think that Blake's actually been. That's like a that's a team that much. you could. I can very much imagine this Nets team winning the finals, Colin. Yeah. Yeah. It's. If Ben yeah. Simmons comes back, Colin. It's. Oh, Mama. Yeah. Uh, how badly are they missing Joe Harris right now? Not even that much because of Seth Curry. Not Seth Curry is honestly better. Joe Harris. Yeah, which sucks. I like Joe Harris. All right. Um, whew. I, I think that was a good recap. We've gone really long. It's that was a long, lot of so. talking. Um, yeah. Are, are we both on the Bucks train? To win the give give me your finals matchup, Con. We've done this so many times, but no one actually keeps a record of these things, so we can just keep I think saying we've things. Said Suns Bucks basically this whole time. Give give me your finals matchup and your winner right now, Con, and then we can Bucks make a over prediction in a couple. Throw weeks. it back, you know. And, uh, you know, just for this one, since like nobody's gonna have it on the record, I'll I'll go I'll go crazy with it. Um, I'll go Warriors Nets. That was the the matchup, like. Four months ago, that we said would be sick. Uh, let me see it. Let me see it. I would love to see Warriors Nets. Colin, give me. I think it's gonna be the Bucks, though. I hate the Bucks. Sounds. Give me. You're gonna hate me, Con. 
but I've already said this before. Give me Bucks Lakers. You're a fucking moron. Did you just say Give that? Give me Bucks Lakers. For 80 minutes, we had such good conversation. I'm moving the Lakers up to finals contenders, dude. Oh my we can't God. do anything about it. Moron. Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? Is, is this? Do you actually believe that that is a thing that could happen? I still believe that if the Lakers oh, make the playoffs, God. anything can happen. No. I do believe in that. No. No. But, uh, Give me Bucks no. Warriors, Bucks and Six. Okay, fine. Giannis yeah. is playing too well. Giannis is playing too well. I just, I, I don't see. I don't see the Bucks losing. I just, ugh, they're so fucking good, dude. They're so good. They're so good. So good. Alright, Noah, sign us off. That was a banger. That was a banger. That was Bless a Bless you boys with that extra long bench chatter this week. Con and I making it up to you guys for missing the last week of episodes. Follow us on Twitter at bench underscore chatter. Leave us a like. Leave us a rating. Colin and I have plenty more content scheduled, even though the fantasy season is ending. Bench chatter never sleeps. We're probably going to be moving to a once a week type of drop schedule now, and I would expect yeah. that uh, episode to come out on Monday nights. Um, but from here on out, after this last fantasy week, Colin and I will be covering the playoffs, giving our thoughts on how those are going. Um, then that leads into even more fun, Colin. We got the draft coming up, which Colin and I are both big oh. fans of. And that leads into free agency. And just like that, the NBA season's back. Fantasy is back. So stay with your bench chatter, boys. Plenty of content coming. And we'll see you guys soon. Peace.